supposedly they cannot garnish their wages until after their appeal date. They receive these benefits for eight, nine weeks in some cases, and then all of a sudden back in November, the state starts sending out repayment letters to them. I have some members that are owing upwards of $9,000 back in benefits. I've heard of one person that was $11,000. I'm Sarah Fenske. This is St. Louis on the Air. Last spring, COVID-19 shut down schools across Missouri, and the state encouraged school bus drivers and monitors to apply for unemployment. Many of them did, including hundreds of members of Teamsters Local 610. The union represents more than 500 workers, the employees of many local school districts. Those workers were granted unemployment, but now there's a big catch. The state wants the money back. It's an enormously frustrating situation, and joining us today to talk about it is Dan Thacker. He is the principal officer for the Teamsters Local 610. Dan, welcome. Good afternoon, Sarah. Thanks for having me on the air. So, Dan, you've said that the state encouraged your members to apply for these benefits. Did you see those entreaties personally? Yes. uh, I received an email back on April 20th last year, and it was from the Missouri Department of Labor. Uh, Letterhead has Governor Parsons' name right up on the left-hand corner. And the Missouri Department of Labor and Division of Employment Securities says it's now processing unemployment claims for self-employed gig workers, independent contractors, and those who otherwise do not regularly qualify for unemployment benefits. Hmm. Uh, This group of drivers and monitors I represent, they're public sector employees. Typically, they do not receive unemployment benefits in the summertime, but typically probably 50% or more either run summer school routes, uh, they do extracurricular activities such as sports and stuff, so they have some potential for earnings during the summer. Mm -hmm. And others of them, you know, take other side jobs during the summer. Some work for daycares and different places that were all shut down due to coronavirus. Uh, And and so so this this email, yeah, you got this email on April 20th. This seemed like this applied to these, these people. Absolutely. And the email even reads on to say that, you know, programs that are not there, this program's not a regular unemployment insurance, but they're new, fully federally funded assistance programs by that are part of the CARES Act. And they urged individuals to apply for unemployment. And the anticipation was they would apply for unemployment. It, it states they should apply through the regular unemployment claims office and they would probably be found ineligible and within a week or so someone would contact them and they would be eligible for the pandemic unemployment insurance. Okay. So did you share then that suggestion of here's how to proceed? Did you share that with your members? Absolutely I did. I I would have felt like I was neglecting them if I did not pass it along. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I never dreamed once I passed along this information that the state would approve their benefits and then later on want the benefits back from them. It's, uh, the state of Missouri has over 11,300 people that they're claiming to have overpaid for uh, unemployment benefits uh, during this time. That is so many and people. It's 
$44 million they're requesting back from people. Supposedly we're second to only the state of Washington as far as overpayments. And these are people who, you know, sort of piecing together what you saw in this letter, they were told to employ to apply for this plan, and the state was then going to redirect them somewhere else. But instead of redirecting them, the state approved them. Is that, in retrospect, what we think happened here? Correct. And so this wasn't some error where they were attesting to something on this form or they did something wrong. They were told to apply to this program, and the state said, great, here's your money. Absolutely. And that's one thing I'd really like to stress. I mean, we're not dealing with fraudulent claims here to where, you know, these people were getting paid through the district or, you know, something like that, and then drawing unemployment at the same time. I, these were regular unemployment claims that were legit and approved, and they received these benefits for eight, nine weeks in some cases, and then all of a sudden, back in November, the state starts sending out repayment letters to them. And how did you find out that your members were getting these repayment letters? I got lots of irate phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been a tough, tough time right there. The phone starts ringing and people are not happy. Absolutely. And I, you know, I, I, I'm sympathetic with them. I don't blame them for their frustrations. Naturally, they're a little frustrated because I passed along this information and urged them to apply for unemployment. But like I said, I would have felt like I was neglecting my duties if I hadn't passed the information along to them. And the state now wants this money back from the people you've talked to. How much money are we talking? I have some members that are owing upwards of $9,000 back in benefits. I've heard of one person that was $11,000, but I, I think the average is running right between around eight and $9,000. And I've got to assume that, for the most part, this is not just money people have sitting around or parked in a special account. Is, is that your Absolutely understanding? Not. Absolutely not. These people, you know, I, this pandemic money was set up, you know, it was a federally funded program to assist people who were losing money due to coronavirus. And, you know, I, I believe 100% that these bus drivers should have absolutely qualified for it. They lost their summer school routes. They lost income due to that. Uh, you know, the, no one was hiring at the time. You know, back in April and May, you know, there wasn't work to be found for anyone. And then they had no clear date on if or when they would return to school. Most of these employees did not find out that they would be returning to school until about eight or nine days prior to when school started. Mm -hmm. and, and even then, it was really unclear how many drivers and monitors would return to school. A lot of school districts started up just running K through second grade. And, you know, everyone kind of had different startup dates and easing people into the pro back into the system. So yeah. now with, with that said, the, the districts have been more than generous with the employees and the complaints not with the district. Mm -hmm. The district did pay their employees when they were off until the end of the school year, which none of these people were applying for unemployment at that time when they were getting paid. Mm -hmm. And we did not find out until about a week prior to the normal start of school, but the district resumed paying the employees again when the normal school year would have started. And at that point, all these people you know, stopped receiving benefits. People just didn't know during the summer whether things would start up again in the fall, whether they'd be getting paid again in the fall. There was there was so much uncertainty, it sounds like is a huge part of this. Correct. And the demand letters, they state on there that their reason for demanding the money back is that the employees had a reasonable assurance date 
of returning to work, hmm. which they did not. Now, we do want to mention our producer reached out to the Missouri Department of Labor. Uh, she first reached out on Friday asking for their side of all this. Didn't hear back. We tried again yesterday. We have not heard anything back. If we do, we'll include that in our web post about this conversation. We have, in the meantime, heard from a lot of people affected by this. There seem to be so many. As you mentioned, more than 11,000 in Missouri. Teresa is a local school monitor represented by your union, Dan, and she shared her experience this morning on our St. Louis on the Air Facebook page. Uh, she wrote, some have received letters, some received no letters. I just received another letter stating they are going to garnish my wages. I still haven't had my appeal, but I'm getting garnish wage letters. And Teresa added, it's been very emotionally draining and stressful for her. Now, we also heard from Cheryl. She lives in Union, Missouri, and she sent us an email. She writes, quote, I am a victim of this unemployment payback as well. Cheryl is a bus monitor. She has another job as a cook at a state school for the severely disabled. Now she's with a contractor named first student. And Cheryl writes, unemployment gave me $31 per week. Then the federal help arrived of $600 per week. What a relief. I paid taxes also on all of this. We returned to work on August 24th, 2020 to both jobs. I was at the school when I received a call from a man at the unemployment office. He said he noticed I'd stop filing. I said, yes, I'm actually back to work as of today. Well, I have since learned that the unemployment office never calls you. Any communication is by letter. Three weeks later, the nasty letters started, at least three a week, sometimes by registered mail, demanding I call immediately with a credit card number. Garnishment is imminent. Legal action can be taken against me. I had been overpaid. I immediately started calling them. They confirmed I'd been overpaid. No answers to any other questions. Cheryl goes on to state that the letters say she owes more than $6,000 to the state. She writes, I do not have it. They actually tried to set me up for a, quote, payment plan. I said, absolutely not. I am not guilty. She's been receiving these letters from the state since early October. Joe also writes on our St. Louis on the Air Facebook page, if they weren't getting paid at the time, there's absolutely no reason why they should have been receiving compensation. If the public sector has problems communicating about their compensation, that's on the public sector. The bus drivers should strike if they are harassed any further by the state. Um, Dan, we also heard from Cheryl, who lives in Union, Missouri, and she said that as part of these benefits she was getting, she was doing weekly check-in phone calls with the state. That the, you know They were keenly aware of what her situation was because this was one of the hoops they were making her jump through. Have you heard that from other people, that they were having these regular phone calls on, on top of everything else? Yes, they uh, they checked in on a weekly basis. Now, they were not required to, and I don't believe anyone on unemployment was required to do work searches until, I believe in July, they started back up uh, where they had to, you know, be actively seeking employment, which they all did that also. But, uh, they checked in on a regular basis. If they had any earnings whatsoever, they reported their earnings. In fact, I have a couple bus drivers that there was a couple occasional days here or there where they were able to go in and clean buses or sanitize buses getting ready for the school year, and they would report that day's earnings, and they would you know, adjust their benefit accordingly. Okay, so people were really trying to do the right thing here. Plenty of communication, lots of check-ins. What advice are you giving these workers who are now threatened with things like garnishment? Well, it's imperative, first off, that anyone who receives a letter needs to file an appeal, and they need to do it in a timely manner. Uh, there should be a deadline for that filing that appeal on there. And, you know, they need to make sure that they get, get their appeal filed. 
then I'd reach out to any of your state senators or representatives. We have several state senators and representatives that are, you know, they're on board with us. They feel that, you know, the, the state obviously made a mistake and these people should not have to repay this money. So I would, you know, keep calling your representatives and senators. Make sure you file for your appeal. Supposedly, they cannot garnish their wages until after their appeal date. Okay, that's important so I to know. Heard of anyone that has actually had any wages garnished? I know some people are concerned about filing tax returns that they're going to take their tax returns from them. But from what I'm being told, they should not be able to do any of that prior to their appeal date. You are encouraging people to contact their representatives in Jefferson City. Do you have any hope of anything that's been proposed there that would solve this situation um, for for your members? Well, we're currently trying to get a Senate committee together. Uh, a couple of our lobbyists and political activists are working with several different state senators, but I'm really hoping that we get this resolved before we get to that point. Boy, I hope you're right about that. And Dan, I know this has been so stressful for so many people, but as you yourself said, you encouraged people to sign up for this. Now you're seeing what's happening to them. How are you dealing with all this as as you have so many members who are who are so rightfully upset about what's going on on the state level? Yeah, I'm just trying to pass along information to the members. I'm you know, trying to get the word out to the media, different state reps. Uh, I'm constantly calling different reps and uh, senators and you know just doing everything I can to get the word out about it and inform people. Well Dan we really appreciate you bringing this to our attention and we hope you'll keep us posted as as this situation continues to unfold. Well thank you I appreciate it. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.